Hey there, you're welcome to Founders Connect, a show where I have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and operators in Africa. This is the right show for you to be listening to if you love behind the scenes stories about people, their careers, and not your businesses. My name is Pissy Timmy, and I'm very, very, very delighted to be your host. You can follow this conversation on social media, hashtag Founders Connect. You can watch the video of each episode on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect on YouTube to find the playlist. Also, please share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a rating, and you know, share it, hashtag Founders Connect. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, I said in one of my videos that I'm learning that Founders Connect, though it's called Founders Connect, doesn't have to be just conversations with leading entrepreneurs, right? People who are founding companies. It also can be with execs, like operators of like big companies in Africa. And so this video today is a Founders Connect video, but is with one of the leading operators in the media industry in Nigeria. I'm having a conversation today with the CEO of Big Cabal. That's if you know Tech Cabal and you know Zikoko, the guy that runs everything behind the scenes, that's Tommy Wang. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's really nice to see you again. And Great have to this see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's interesting to be flipped because you've been on a few <laughs> Zikoko Nigerians talk Exactly, videos, and so you're now, right there. Yeah, so thanks for having me. All right, then. Tommy so let's start from like the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like learn or get a sense of your entire journey. So, I mean, we'll start from your background. Where did you grow up? What was growing up like? How was family? What school did you go to? Like, tell us as much stories as you can. Okay. Um, so, I grew up in Lagos. Um, I grew up in Surulere. Uh, I mean, I was, my first three years were in Elisha, interesting enough. So, a very funny thing or funny story is that English is my second language because I learned Ijesha before I learned, not even Yoruba, Ijesha, Ijesha. Before, before I learned English. Um, and when I moved to Lagos, I had to like pick up English in school. Um, but I grew up uh, mostly in Lagos and Surulere and um, I went to secondary school in Kwara State, Adisoy College. Um, so I was in the bushes for six years. Um, it was interesting. Adisoy was good, learned a lot, um, challenging in its own ways. Um, and I, I spent most of secondary school wanting to be an aeronautic engineer, mm. um, except for one big problem. I couldn't pass chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really good at physics to start, but at some point Carey I lost the plot and I couldn't pass that either. Um, and that kind of like dashed my dreams of becoming an engineer. I had a whole career path mapped out. Like that was, anyway, it didn't work out for me. Um, so I went to university in the US. Uh, my first degree was in business. Wow, that was degree. a big switch, engineering all the way to business. I mean, once science didn't work out for me, it was, I, I was actually quite lost for a while. I remember from five, from six, I just didn't know where I was going, you mm. know, like what direction to go. So I just, I ended up in business. It was kind of a default option. Right. Um, and so focused in finance, actually. Um, but again, and I, I, this will definitely be a hallmark of my career path is it has gone very very windy in many yeah. many different directions so i started out in business with a focus in finance mm -hmm. did my first finance internship after my second year of university made a ton of money <laughs> a ton of money but just decided i was never going to do this for a living because it was too boring right um i mean like i was making like 15 dollars an hour this is like in a, lo a, a long, long time ago and it was <laughs> you know um and so 
I decided I wasn't going to do it. So my next semester, I went back. I picked up a minor in advertising. I started doing advertising internships, which were all unpaid. So after going from like my first finance internship and making lots of money, I did a bunch of advertising internships, which have told me that I was making the wrong move. But <laughs> clearly, you the like hustle it. was not strong in me. Um, so I did advertising, and I kind of started my career in advertising and market research. Um, I went back to school, did a master's in anthropology, which was in kind anthropology. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, <laughs> How a did windy, you get it's a very, very windy career. Um, anthropology was kind of the grounding for account planning, which is kind of like the account strategy right. uh, part and it's ethnography and like people research, understanding people. So it was kind of all the rage at the time. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'll go and do this and it will deepen me in that space. Um, by the time I finished my degree, I decided I didn't want to be in advertising again. Oh, wow. So I got a job <laughs> in a uh, record label. <laughs> okay. I worked for Atlantic Records for a year. I randomly ended up in the arts department because it was the only place I could get a job. So I was doing like album packaging and photo shoots and like, you know, and that was really cool actually. That was a very cool job. Like I worked on albums for like Lupe Fiasco and TI and like <laughs> Panic at the Disco. Like, so very, very cool. Um, I think we met Janelle Monet joined Atlantic Records like maybe three weeks before I left. So like I was in the first meeting with her and her team and they were like so cool. And I was really <laughs> excited and then I left. I, I left and I moved back to Nigeria after Why that. Why did you move back? Um, I didn't have visa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that like, coming. I literally moved back to Nigeria because my company tried to get me a work visa. Like after you finish university in the US, they give you a year to work. And then after that, you have to get a work. Like, your company yeah, has to sponsor you for a work permit, the H-1B-1 visa. And um, it happened to me twice that the companies I, wa I worked for really liked me, wanted to keep me, but like I just wasn't senior enough and I wasn't in like engineering or any of those fields where like people, they, like it's easy to keep even junior people. Um, so yeah, both times like people within the company, like actually Atlantic Records, my boss like emailed the, the CEO of Warner Brothers, which was Atlantic's parent company mm. to say we want to keep this guy can we get and the legal people are like look there's a vp level person that we're not keeping i send them back to england so we're not <laughs> keeping your like junior art manager guy you know like, so so i moved back to nigeria <laughs> uh kicking and screaming it was not i was i was definitely not ready for it at the time but like when i moved back i was like okay you're coming here you're gonna make it work mm. um for the first six months one year do not make any stupid moves. Do not like <laughs> up and go back. Because I did think about like upping and going back and like, you know, I would have figured it out somehow or the other, but I was like, you're just going to be here. Let's do it. So, so I stayed and um, yeah. And then my career here again has kind of gone through a, a range of different iterations. I did NYSE with This Day, the newspaper. Um, I worked on their events. I worked on their website. Uh, after that, I ran my own events company for about four years. It was oh, called okay. Quirk. Um, and we did concerts and festivals, like shows with like Asha and Bez and Keziah Jones. Uh, we built the Lagos Jazz Fest, uh, Lagos Jazz series, um, which is now defunct, unfortunately, but was very cool uh, when we were working on it. Um, and then after that, I kind of felt like, look, Quirk was an interesting business, and doing like concerts was good, mm -hmm. but we just could never build a solid enough business out of it. And I just right. Because other than like sort of my NYSE experience, I hadn't really worked in Nigeria before I started mm -hmm. my own company. I felt like I didn't have the network. I felt like I didn't have a strong enough understanding of how a Nigerian business worked. And so I kind of like rested it. Like we've done some cool stuff, but, yeah. but like this is not a business. It 
you know. Um, and I really wanted to be able to build something that would be, that would last and would be strong and would be a really kind of substantial business. So I rested that and I went to go look for experience and look yeah. for like, how does Nigeria work and meet people and like all of that. So I ended up at Nigerian Breweries as head of digital. Um, and I helped Nigerian Breweries build out sort of like a lot of their digital operations and like their digital strategy. Did that for about two and a half years. Um, again, really good, met a lot of people. So built, built a network, built a network, built a better understanding of how business works in Nigeria, built a, yeah, just learned a lot about sort of like how a big business runs, how the media business runs, how, you know, FMCGs work, yeah. et cetera. Um, so that was great. Um, really, really valuable experience. And when people ask me about sort of like, what should I do coming out of school or building a career? I always say, look, find the space you're interested in, mm -hmm. find the company that is doing what you want to do it at the highest level that's doing the best work and get yourself in there you yeah. know and you can spend a year you can spend a few years but the contacts the understanding of how things work like all that stuff is super super valuable you yeah. know before you like get into doing your own thing um, and I think most of the best founders you'll see will have had some experience in the space that they are and sometimes they yeah. cheat because like <laughs> the they will have started from secondary school working in the fields that they're interested in they're like i'm sure half the people that you know like are in tech that you've interviewed have been coding they, since they were like I saw someone 16. Five. exactly you that know like i built my first neural network at 12. like i don't know what a neural network is <laughs> and i'm almost 40. <laughs> um so yeah um so anyway nigerian breweries was useful um after that i left i went to a smaller digital company um, really cool digital agency called Ventra Media um, and client Guardian, the newspaper, okay. was one of our biggest clients there. Um, so we're helping Guardian build out their digital everything. Yeah. So like strategy, we helped you build their website, their social, we did monetization for them. Um, and that was a great place to learn sort of like digital publishing, which mm. is what, you know, yeah. Big Cabal Media does. Um, and then after that, you know, the guys at Big Cabal said, you know, the, the founders, you know, and I started a conversation and said, you know, you should come join us. Um, and they wanted me to come do biz dev for them. <laughs> and I was like, you guys can't afford me. Uh -uh. And somewhere along the line, the conversation got to, do you want to come run it? And I said, that could be interesting because career-wise, I'd always wanted to kind of run my own business. I'd always mm. wanted to build something that would, and I thought, you know, I really like Tech about I really like Zococo. Um, I think the fundamental thesis of the business is interesting. Yeah. We could do something with this, we could make it big. And so that's how I landed at Big About Media. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, when you look at your story, it feels like everything you were doing was leading to here, right? Because you've done media, you've done advertising, you've done digital, you've done business, you've done finance. Yeah. So it's I, I mean, all kind of accumulates. And I should tell you, the thing that pains me now is how much finance I do. If I know what I was doing at the beginning, we could have started this thing and I could have, you know, be making oodles and oodles of cash a lot earlier in my career. But these days I'm like looking at like valuation tables and like, <laughs> like you know, it. business financial models. And I'm just like, you know, you could have just started here from the beginning. Instead I of, probably like you making. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I really would have been. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I'll say this. So it does feel like it's all leading up to here. Mm -hmm. But it's also because I think I've been a bit deliberate about like, look, I've got all of these skills. What is the best way to use them? What is the thing? Mm. Um, and I tell people even within the business that, so no knowledge is wasted and the, the experiences that you have lead to the kind of business that you build. Right. And so I look at, there are other media businesses, you know, that we compete with or that are in the same space. And I see people who started with 
the data management, database, technology side. Their media business is old, but data is at the core of what it is that they yeah. do. And I'm like, that's great because the founders or the original execs come from data like background. data backgrounds. I'm like, so that's the aspect that like lights them up immediately. Yeah. Whereas I come from an events background. So when I'm thinking, how do we, how do we monetize? I think, okay, events, I think mm. advertising, I think. And so that's the stuff where my experience is, yeah. that's stuff where my knowledge is, and that's what I lean into. Um, right. So that's an interesting aspect of building a business is whatever it is that you come from is what the business ends up reflecting. And so, yeah. That's a very interesting point. Like yeah. Something to like actively think about that the experience that you have ends up being like the thing that leads the kind of business that you actually yeah. build. And I mean, I think there's some, so like when I look at companies that blow up and that succeed, mm. that it has a big impact because like you have two CEOs, they're running nearly identical businesses, except that one of them is coming from data, one of them is coming from that. And sometimes it seems like happenstance, but whichever one it is that time and chance happen to make more important at that moment, sometimes that is what like yeah. causes that one to blow yeah. rather than the, the other, other one, one to blow um and i try to watch that because i'm just like man be watching the trends though because yeah like you're an events guy but you know yeah. if data is where the future is they then to we've got to make sure that like we're building a strong enough data arm yeah and then bringing in people who are going to like build out that element and build out like you know we've built like a really good data unit within tech about tc insights mm. um and that's because we know like look this matters, this is the future, this is a critical aspect of being the kind of publication that Tech About wants to be. Mm -hmm. And so we built a strong arm and strong research and data, you know, and consulting arm within the business and TC Insights. Um, whereas like our events business kind of like kicked off from the jump and yes, kind of has been going. And it's like, yeah, we're going to keep moving on that front, but, um, but we're going to make sure that we cover yeah. whatever that gap is. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, Tech About and Zikoko now yeah. is very different from what it was two years ago. Very yeah. different from what it was three years ago. Yeah. Tech About was one of the leading tech publications at some time. Yeah. But then it felt like it was just going down or it was stagnant or something. And the next thing we know, whoosh, it yeah. just came back on. I'm like, oh, okay, these guys are still here. So when you got into the business and you said, okay, I want to run this, what were the things that you said I want to focus on so that I can take it to like where I see it could get to? Okay. So... We did have a bit of a rough period there. I think 2017 was not a great year for us. 2018, we were kind of in like, what are we doing mode? Um, and that's about the time I joined. Um, we essentially, I joined the business and I said, the original thesis for the business is correct, which is, can we build publications in niche spaces? Mm -hmm. So speaking to niche audiences, um, but build um, really, robust and important publications in those niche spaces because right. we look at Africa and we say there are too many empty content spaces mm. like there you know if you look on a global basis there are um, publications for a lot of really important niches you know across the world that when you look at Africa's landscape you're like how come nobody's creating content for those people okay. and those people and those people that speaks to that thing and that thing and so when TechAbout started to cover the local startup ecosystem, there, were very, there was almost no one covering yeah. the local startup ecosystem. Um, I tell people that uh, when um, tech publications at that time, they'd review the new iPhone 
three or whatever it is, <laughs> and they'd review it in August, and then it wouldn't get to Nigeria till October. And you guys might might, might not remember that time, but it was like yeah. it used to get released in North America one month, and then it takes three months for us to but, get released. Yeah. And so Bankole with Anitech Cabal, you know, was like, why are we spending all our time reviewing gadgets that we don't have? Mm. Why don't we talk to these people, you know, what doing this thing? And it, it wasn't really a popular idea at the time, but. He thought the people, you know, in your paystacks and your piggy vest yeah. and your whatever it is in the early days were doing something that was interesting enough that it was worth going to go and investigate what these people are right. writing about them and writing about their businesses. And so that's kind of been our approach is that look, these niches matter and Zikoko speaking to young people about the things that matter to them mm -hmm. in language that matters to them. Um, like these are interesting niches and there's a few more coming just by the way so these are our first two <laughs> a few publica more publications yeah so these are our first two publications but you know by the end of next year we'll probably have two more publications live um and so that was the initial thesis and i thought that thesis was sound um from a business perspective we always knew we had to monetize in multiple ways you can't mm -hmm. be just solely advertising dependent um you have to have multiple revenue streams you have to do multiple things that are interesting and so when i joined the business really i thought my focus is going to be on the business aspect of it, you know, right. the editorial side, like we already had two publications, the content will be fine. Um, and I'll just focus on like figuring out how we make money out of all of this mm -hmm. stuff and how we build business models. We spent... <laughs> um, so, it's almost four years of me running this business. Mm -hmm. I have spent as much time in editorial <laughs> as I, I have in business, business, you know, like getting the content right, like has been a constant reinvention and a mm. constant like battle. Um, and that's, I mean, like that was a shock and a surprise. It's to be fair, a bit of a joy because I do enjoy mm. the innovation that we do on the content side, the innovation that we do on the editorial side. So it's fun to kind of like, be engaged with like the team leads, the editorial leads, yeah. you know, editors in chief and managing editors, etc. On like, okay, so what's next? What are we? How do we make this thing work? Um, but yeah, it was definitely a shock to me because I, I I do a lot of stuff on the business side, but like on the editorial side, it's just immense how much like work constant work it takes and constant yeah. innovation. Um, I think that became apparent immediately because on the tech about side, so tech about big problem is always talent first. So finding the right. right people to be able to create the quality and level of content that we want to create. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, you need like really great journalists, you need really great people with insight into the industry, sitting inside the industry. And so like that's always been a challenge. It took us almost three years to hire an editor in chief. Um, three you know, years. Like, yeah, so like, you know, uh, when, I joined, like <laughs> when I joined Bankoli was the editor in chief, you know, at some point he switched into other roles. Um, and then we're like, okay, so we gotta hire somebody else. and. There was just no one that like that we could afford and that had the complement of skills that was required to actually lead that organization. Um, on the Zikoko side, Zikoko came from listicles and quizzes. Mm -hmm. You know? And it was fun, it was simple, it was straightforward. I think it was a great publication even when it was just doing purely listicles and quizzes. But by the time I joined, you know, I'd been doing that for a couple of years, we were kind of like patterned after BuzzFeed mm -hmm. and even BuzzFeed had kind of like done BuzzFeed news and like evolved past being purely and so we're like this thing I mean I remember 2018 we were churning out just tons and tons of like listicles and we're doing some numbers but we had no impact mm. like there was just no like this thing 
matters. Matter. Like this right. is a publication that people should pay attention to other for than the five minutes that they go and they kick, 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 and then like they, they move <laughs> yeah. on. And so Fouad, who was our editor-in-chief at the time, and I like just like, and I think we put up a Medium post about this. We spent so much time just like talking through what kind of publication do we sure. want to be? Yeah. What kind of content will allow us to kind of have real impact on ground will allow us to speak to people and there's a phrase that we used to use which is kind of touch the cultural nerve mm. which is like we wanted to matter in culture right and so there's just a ton of experimentation from a content basis to figure out and i mean like i remember i sent for one like lengthy <laughs> email like this with my we're doing it wrong on this side we're not touching it on this side we're not hitting it on this side and the next week he was like okay okay and he went away and he did a bunch of interviews and he published the first narrow life. Yeah. And I love the way like when something hits, just, you know immediately. Yeah. And you must know this from a content perspective. Yeah. Like when you get it right, it just right. it just goes. So he wrote that first narrow life and it was massive. Like the response, the conversations around it people asking for more he did one the next week he did one the week after that and, then and all of a sudden it was a different publication and what's great is like internally all of the writers looked at that and they're like oh is that what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> okay <laughs> and everybody like the like the next few months we had like another interview style called adulting we had another interview one um no sex life came a bit later but like just everybody was just like oh okay what she said which was like under her yeah. like started to come out and everybody was just like oh we should interview people. We should interview real people. We should talk to them about whatever aspect of their life is interesting to them. Okay. And that, that was it. And so, like, that's how, like, kind of the next phase of mm. Zikoko came. And, at, you know, at some point we hired a new, uh, we had another senior editor, Daniel, joins the business. And, you know, like, our quizzes have been doing okay. And he took them from this level to that yeah. level. <laughs> he started Sex Life. You know, we had another managing editor. And um, they, like, got the machine going. So, like... We used to like do good stuff, but it was kind of like irregular. And then like we had Okwe, um, and Okwe came in and she like disciplined the team. And like, <laughs> it was just like, we say it's coming out at 9 a.m., it's coming out at 9 a.m. We say we're publishing, you know, 20 articles a week or 70 articles a week, we're publishing 20 articles or 70, like whatever number it is. Um, so yeah, all that stuff like really changes. And so I think like in running the business, there's kind of this constant, um, innovating on the editorial mm -hmm. side you know there's constant innovation on the business side because we gotta figure out how to make money from all of the stuff that we do yeah. there's constant um i mean talent is just like one of the banes of my existence just constantly <laughs> looking for you know great people mm -hmm. um and then there's something that you said at the beginning which was you know you said you called me an operator and i will say this like operations just um nothing i said up i did like disciplining the business so that we say we're going to make money from this thing, we're going to do it. it. You know, we're going to execute this thing and we do it. We're going to build processes so that we're not dependent just on brilliant people. But like, if you put in an okay person, like there's a <laughs> set of processes, you know, because yeah. you can't, you can't build a business on geniuses. Mm. Um, if you're dependent just on one genius, then when that genius leaves, what happens to the business? And Big Cabal has had that, like we've had like, super talented people come through the business super capable people they do amazing work and then the question is like man like what happens when bankali leaves the business what happens yeah. when fuad leaves the business what happens when like and each time we're like yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah. you're gonna build processes so that like 
the next, uh, the next person can kind of like keep it going. And you know, like something like Nara Life, we handed over like Nara Life from Fuad to a guy named Tohib. Tohib's done a fantastic job yeah. in keeping that like sort of like going at the same quality level. And like, you know, if you've read Nara Life this year, people are still talking about the stories with the same level of verve as they ever did. Yeah. They're still shocked. It doesn't this feel way. like there was a It doesn't feel like the writer. quality yeah. dipped. And so it's the same thing with the whole publication. Every time you know, like you use your head of biz dev, you know, like can you keep your business development going at the same quality as it was going before, you know? Um, so that's a, for me, that's where operational expertise is like super critical. Can you build processes? Can you build a disciplined business? Can you make sure that sort of like you can keep things steady and growing? And I mean, and we're always aiming to grow, you know, so can you innovate, and, you know, even if you lose a brilliant person and then your talent pipeline just has to always be strong because mm -hmm. you do need geniuses. You do need, like, you do need people who are innovating, who are doing, like, amazing work. So we always, it's like, hey, we lost some people, but we found this new crop of, like, super talented people who are doing great editorial work or great video work or great whatever it is to move forward. Amazing. So you talk about talent a lot, right? Um, what's the difference between the kind of people you hire for Zikoho and the kind of people you hire for Techabao? And then what kind of, like, what are the general characteristics you just look out for? Like, oh, this is actually a genius that can come and innovate in the business. So I talk about talent a lot because, I mean, like, we're a people business. And so, like, mm. just, you just, like, you know, our, our biggest operational expense is people. It's just, like, <laughs> you know, it's salaries and stuff. Um, but, um, and that's because they're the heart of the business. So, um, I wouldn't say there's a huge difference between the kind of people we hire for Techabao and Zikoko, surprisingly. Right? I mean, when people join the business, I think the thing that always shocks them is like how disciplined an operation Zikoko is. You know, everybody's always joking about like, what kind of drugs do you people on? And, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, and we feel like you're just lounging in the office. Yeah, and like, having crazy <laughs> ideas, like wild drinking smoothies and like, you know, doing lines. No, <laughs> that's not the way. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really disciplined operation. And I think the thing for either publication and for the other people within the business. So FYI, there's an editorial team for Zikoko, there's an editorial team for Techabao, mm. but there's a video team supporting both of them. There's a technology team supporting both of them. Right. There's design supporting both of them. Right. You know, there's biz dev supporting both of them. So like when I'm talking about talent, yeah, I need editorial talent okay. and we need editorial talent as a business, but we also need all of these like really important people mm -hmm. kind of like supporting um, the editorial teams. And so we look for people who are passionate. Um, Really, if you've ever applied for a job, uh, actually this is my favorite one, is Zikoko. When you apply for a Zikoko job, there's always a form to fill. Mm -hmm. And most people get to that form and they're like, man, this form is long. Like, no listicle at the comrades. Like, how far? <laughs> like, I'm not going to be uh, <laughs> How far? But it's a deliberate barrier. Like, if you're not passionate enough about the work to be able to sort of like fill this mm. form, to have interesting answers, to take your time to think through the answers. And it's the same kind of form that we have for Techabao. It's the same kind of form that we have if you're coming into biz dev or if you're coming into design. It's just like, if you're coming into design, what are the design principles that like you hold dear? What are the designers that you follow, that you're passionate about, you know? Um, if you're coming into Zikoko, like who do you read? What kind of content do you consume? Like what matters to you? If you were going to like create a new flagship column, what kind of content would you create? You know, all of that shows us that look, you're, you're passionate about this thing. You're not casual about it. Like you're thinking about it. Like when you're not working, your brain is working on like yeah. solving these kinds of problems. Like this is something that you're interested in. And so that's something that we try to optimize for across the business is that the people who come into any aspect of our business are people who are knowledgeable, passionate about that work that they're coming to do, that they're the kind of people who study on their own and are looking to innovate on their own. So um, 
like a big signal for us is that whatever it is you want to come and do for us, you've already been doing at a high level, whether it's at yeah. a different company or on your own. On your own. So like I, we're happy to hire people not just still, um, we're, well, we're trying to hire, reduce number of people still in university that we hire <laughs> because um, sometimes it's a bit disruptive because people are still in school, they're doing exams and stuff. But we've always said like, don't care about degrees, don't care about, you know, any of that. If you show me your portfolio and it shows me that, you know, like you're fresh out of secondary school, but you are like, you've already stuff. started to create the kind of content that we care about. You've already started to solve whatever problem it is in the units that we're trying to solve. Mm -hmm that you are the kind of person that thinks deeply and is knowledgeable about it, then please come and join okay. the team. So like that's that's always been our ethos in terms of hiring people. Interesting. I mean, so it's a, a Twitter thing, right? Where we say everybody that's come out from Tech Cabal, or Big Cabal rather, has somehow entered the tech industry to do different things, right? There's Quad, yeah. there's Timigol, there's um, Odu. It's a lot. Like yeah. what would you say is the secret so that those of us that are still yet <laughs> like hit that founder status, we can come and apply, get it done, and then come back out. So, um, I, it's, it's interesting. It's a gift and a curse. Um, we're really proud of our alumni network. I mm -hmm. mean, like, definitely the people that have come through BCM have done, like, amazing, amazing things. things. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes to a couple aspects of our ethos, which is you will come, we will give you responsibility, we will give you, like, real work to do. So, mm -hmm. again, it's like you jump in. It's day one. It's like, yeah, we want you to run this thing and people are like i'm still trying to find my feet and you want me to do what so we will challenge you mm -hmm. so we say as a business we want to punch above our weight and as a member of the team you have to punch above your weight you mm -hmm. know because our ambitions are so high that like you know we can't just throw money at problems we need people to like find really creative and innovative solutions to everything um so i think the things that are really big about big cabal that allow people who leave to do such excellent work is the level of ambition, mm. so just how aggressive we are in terms of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. The fact that we challenge you and give you real responsibility and real work and really, really push you hard. Um, the fact that we give you the freedom to solve those problems and to like kind of um, take things to the next level. So what happens is you come and whether you are with Big Cabal for two years or four years, it's a really intense period. It's like mm. you are working on a wide range of projects. You are working with the freedom to innovate. You're working with the freedom to be creative. Um, you've got plenty of responsibility. And so it's like just being at war for four years uh, or whatever period of time it is. And when people leave, it like usually- It becomes part of the- Yeah, it becomes like, yeah, you're used to working at this sort of like really demanding mm -hmm. pace, you know, um, at solving your own problems, at figuring out what the next thing is and getting to the next level, um, at being creative in how you solve those problems. And I mean, people often tell us like, if they take a regular job, they're just like, why is everything so chill? Like, why is the pace so slow? <laughs> like, like, where are we going? What's happening? You know? Um, and then the people who go out and do their own thing, you know, you can see sort of like the level of innovation they're able to bring to it because yeah, they're used to pushing hard. They're used to sort of like being creative about the problem solving and all that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I think, I think that is what we give people that's a bit different from what they get elsewhere. Yeah. Great. Um, so when you talk now about like what you're, the business you're building at Big Cabal, it yeah. sounds like you really know what you're doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you must have made some mistakes along the way. Also you found some, like some challenges like, man, I don't know that I signed up for this. Like, can you like share one or two of those? I mean, it's a bruising business. It's, mm. it's like media is hard, you know. <laughs> I, it's definitely not. 
as far as like an easy way to make a buck, it's not the easiest one. As far as an easy way to like to blow and be on the cover of a magazine, it's not the easiest one. Tech is the rage right now. Yeah. Like, um, so media is hard, and we've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, um, I've talked about talent a lot. I've made a lot of talent mistakes, you know, so hiring mistakes or like managing people mistakes. You know, we, we hire great people. We've not always given them the greatest environment or the yeah. greatest sort of like, so like that's a constant challenge is like, can you motivate the people? Can you reward them enough? Can you keep them growing quickly enough? Like sometimes they're really talented people and they're just like, yeah, you know, we, even with internally. Yeah. So as a business, we're always pushing really hard, but you can only have so many points of focus. So sometimes mm. there's one department that's just moving a little bit slower than the, rest. than the rest. And then the people in that department are like, I want to be moving. And if you can't get it going quickly enough for them, yeah, then right. you lose good people. So I think that, that that's sometimes challenging and that's, that's painful. Um, on the business end, we've made business bets. Like we're gonna make all our money by targeting this specific mm. demographic and you spend 12 months, 18 months <laughs> chasing it. And then you're like, then people don't get money. Uh, or they get money, but they don't want to spend them. And like, you're just like, right, there's not a business yeah. to be made in that particular space. So we've chased like business opportunities and things that just don't work. Um, we've obviously had the same existential challenges that everybody's had, which is just within like last year, 2020, COVID, yeah. lockdown, advertising, cut out like just you know we saw like an immediate sort of like 50 60 percent drop in our revenue because everybody was just like stop we're not spending any money anything we're negotiating mm. we're cutting out so you have like periods like that i mean you're in a ramp up period you know like if you remember it was like march last year when everybody when covid really like yeah, panicked yeah. everyone and we'd come into the year aggressive this year we're going to like shoot <laughs> to the moon so you're hiring yeah with aggressive growth in mind, you're planning and then everything flatlines. And then it's like, so um, managing through that. I mean, it's interesting, you asked about mistakes. It was a tough period. I wouldn't say like we made a lot of mistakes. It was, yeah. we made some hard choices and it was tough for everybody on the team, but I think we waited through that. But um, I think from a mistake perspective, I, I, I'll just say in general, media is tough. Mm. And so it's a hard, hard business um, in terms of our vision for the future. We also know that media is powerful mm. and its impact when done right, when scaled up, can be tremendous. And so what we have right now is a very small foundation for where it is that we are going. Like we're very clear that, you know, like Amazon says, this is day one. It's always day one for us. We're just at foundation. So we're just about to start building the business that we have envisioned. This is all preamble, as far as we're <laughs> concerned, basically. And so that's how we think about it. Okay, yeah. and my final question, looking back at your journey, right? Um, yeah. What would you say is like the biggest lesson or two lessons that you've learned so far in the last 10 something years of walking? Um, okay. One, don't quit. So it gets hard. Like, okay. And that's on a personal level, that's on a business level. Um, and I have, to, I have to give some context to that. Maybe instead of don't quit, always be moving, always moving towards the goal. Right. You know, like, and you can rest. There are times when like it gets too much, you gotta like take a break, but you've got to go build a vision, build a big vision for the future and just always be moving towards it. Um, I had to modify then 
because, like I said, I, I quit a business like when I was running Quirk. Yeah. It wasn't working and I, I shut it down. Yeah. And it was basically because I've got a vision of where it is that I'm going. Mm. And clearly, it this thing is it. not taking me to mm. that place. But there's a certain level of relentlessness, which is like, okay, um, I got to shut down this business. But if I'm going to get to that vision, what do I need? Okay, I need network. I need this learning. I need this, whatever it is. What is the quickest way to get there? I went, I got my job in Nigerian breweries. It gave me, you know, it took me to the next level of personal development and whatever it is. So like that, be relentless about the vision mm. um, and just kind of keep moving towards it. So that's point number one. Point number two, this is, if anybody's ever listened to me talk <laughs> before, this is a Tomiwa thing, like become an expert at what it is that you do. Mm. So like, um, I always hammer on the importance of domain expertise. Whatever space it is you're playing in, knowing enough about it, becoming an expert, becoming really deeply like entrenched and knowledgeable about the space you're in. Within Big Cabal, we say you have to be a media nerd to work for us. Like we're a media business, you must understand how media businesses work from a content perspective, from a growth perspective, from a making money perspective. Yeah. Even if you're an editorial, it's important that you are like versed in all of this so that you can help us build a business that matters and so I just always say whatever space you're in like you can't stop learning about it you can't stop yeah. benchmarking against the best in the world you can't stop sort of like studying it you have to be fairly obsessive about what it is that you do in order to like really reach sort of like um, to accomplish anything substantive in that space you have to be pretty deeply steeped in it um, so I'm not a big fan of hobbyists I'm like <laughs> You can't just kind of like touch this thing, yeah. go home, come so back like, next year. Like, you have to enter. If you're doing the thing, enter <laughs> well. Uh, let's know that like you you mean this space that you're in. And so like I, I think um, I'd say those are two big important lessons. I mean, there's a bunch of other things, but um, those are two two things that have served me well mm. on the journey so far. And I think on that first point of just kind of like always moving towards the vision, it will get tough. Um, and you have to sometimes adjust strategy and adjust strategy and adjust strategy. But if you're pretty clear about where it is that you're going, you're mm -hmm. constantly like sort of like relentless in that, you'll get your breaks as well. You will get your opportunities that open because they're just like, man, that guy knows that space, that girl like is an expert at that thing that, you know, like we've seen her do this, 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 and this. We should give her the opportunity to do mm. this other thing. Mm. Um, so you get your breaks that way. You get your opportunities because people are just like, yeah, yeah so we've like seen the work they've put in, you know, like, yeah, whatever it is, it just, yeah, yeah. So, That's so. amazing. I think that my favorite thing about doing videos like these interviews is yeah. learning from people and just like seeing patterns with like kind of people I interview, right? Yeah. So like in the last two days, this is like the eighth video I've done and I'm seeing in my head like a recurring theme of just diligence, of just yeah. diligence, like, I don't have it figured out or like five years down the line i didn't know that this way i would be exactly now doing yeah. this but i've built a track record of just like doing something and giving my all and pursuing like a certain goal and yeah. that's what you reiterated here again like yeah don't give up you have a vision just make sure that you keep moving towards that vision and that at every point in time you are going deep in yep. that thing that, exactly. that yeah. you want to do and just be an expert in so that's amazing thank you so much for sharing your journey with me it was interesting to learn about finance and anthropology and media you have like you've you've done yeah, a lot it's, 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 it's been interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean this is really important for especially young people that like watch my videos just knowing that there's no 
there's no linear line to a career. Yeah. No, like never. you would some people's owner, oh yeah, straightforward. They just like kept growing and other people would like go and go and go and go and finally find okay, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. So like yeah. keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep Basically. pushing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much to for this. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have been inspired or motivated to get better in your careers, in your businesses, in your life. I hope this you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the videos on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect and you find the playlist and then subscribe to the channel. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a rating also so more people can find it and also talk about the episode that you listen to. Hashtag Founders Connect across social media. Hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.